This is the Psychedelic Spotlight Podcast. I am your host, David Flores, CEO of Global Track Solutions. And my guest here today is James. He is the host of the Psychedelic Investor on YouTube. They're a new media company here in the psychedelic space and uh, doing a great, great job of getting some news information and perspective out there. So I wanted to bring them on the podcast. James, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, and uh, thanks for the great shout out on your most uh, your most recent show. I appreciated it, uh, helping get the word out for Psychedelic Spotlight. So I appreciate that. No worries. Uh, well, I'm super excited to be uh, teaming up with you guys. You guys produce fantastic content. So anywhere we can team up, I'm happy to. Yeah, no, I, I definitely I agree. I mean, you're absolutely crushing it with a psychedelic investor, uh, you know, on YouTube. Uh, I've become a fan of it. You know, of course, we here at Psychedelic Spotlight have become a fan of it. Big reason why, you know, we've uh, done this collab and bringing you on the uh, Spotlight Roundup, uh, providing some great, you know, perspective um, on this emerging sector of medicinal psychedelics and specifically the public market sector, which is uh, just continuing to get more and more momentum behind it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here today. But as first things first, James, you know, if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing with us and our audience here a little bit about, uh, you know, how the psychedelic investor came to be, what motivated you to put it together? And was there anything in specific that drew you to the psychedelic space? Yeah, so this story actually goes back a few years now and doesn't actually start in the psychedelic space whatsoever. Um, So maybe like four years ago now, when I first started thinking about investing, first started reading books on investing, I was looking at uh, where I could put my own personal money that would have the biggest return while also being socially responsible. And I fell into a YouTube community looking at Tesla, actually. And this was before they did like the crazy 10x back in the days when it was worth like 15 times less than it was now. And there were these investigative YouTubers out there that were looking at the facts on the ground that were doing research on say like autonomous driving and the uh, battery chemistries that Tesla was uh, working on at the time. And they were kind of like shouting at the hilltops, hey guys, there's something really amazing happening here that kind of the mainstream media hasn't picked up on. And the more I watched these uh, investigative YouTubers, the more I became sold on the vision and I ended up spending like two years putting everything I could earn into Tesla. And in retrospect, that was a great decision. But after it essentially 15x from the point where I first got in, I started taking a step back and saying, okay, like I still do believe this is going to run quite a bit more, but I want to start looking for my next Tesla, the next kind of disruptive technology that I believe will change the world for the better that early investors can get in on and make a killing while hopefully making the world a better place. And I looked for like over a year and unfortunately I just couldn't find anything. Like no sector really piqued my interest. Uh, I was looking at vertical farming for a while, but there was energy problems there. And completely separate of this through Joe Rogan's podcast, actually, I started watching quite a few uh, people talking about the healing potentials of psychedelics, which to me was completely crazy. Like I had never even contemplated the idea that psychedelics and drugs like that could be useful in a medicinal sense. I always thought of them as like, you know, illegal drugs, but I kind of over the course of several months and through the help of my business partner, who is quite knowledgeable in this area already, um, I learned more and more and more about psychedelics in general, not 
from an investing standpoint, but from a medical standpoint and a societal standpoint. And after maybe a year, maybe a year and a half of kind of doing my research on this, a light bulb kind of just went off in my head. And it, it was, hey, maybe this might be the next big opportunity. Like I've been looking for a couple of years for my next big opportunity to make 10, 15% or 10, 15 X gains while helping transform the world into a better place. And I've been doing all this research on psychedelics. Why don't I merge the two? So I started trying to look up online companies that, uh, that were working in this space. And this was just before MindMed uh, went public. So right before okay. all these companies started going public. And my favorite medium to uh, learn about new emerging technologies is YouTube. I think that people do fantastic jobs on YouTube doing uh, what's basically journalism that mainstream journalists aren't covering. And I went online, I was looking for a source where I could learn the nitty gritty about these companies. And it didn't exist. Like there weren't, wasn't anybody at that time, like a year and a half ago, that was putting out quality investigative work on the psychedelic sector from an investing standpoint. And rather than just say, well, screw it, I guess it doesn't exist, sucks to suck. Me and my business partner, partner decided, well, if it doesn't exist, why not make it? And we had some early starts and stops trying to figure out the best way to do it. And maybe, I don't know, six months ago, eight months ago, our YouTube channel finally launched. And the rest, as they say, is history. I love it. I love it. I mean, that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, bringing it all together and recognizing, you know, where, you know, the, the opportunities exist. I think that's that's amazing, you know, and one of, you know, one of the big uh, objectives and missions, if you will, here at Psychedelic Spotlight is, you know, being able to provide news and information in an unbiased and fact-driven manner. Um, you know, in fact, I was just having a conversation earlier this morning with a, a venture capitalist that is uh, now involved here in the psychedelic space. And one of the things that we were talking about was, you know, with any new industry as it begins to emerge, I specifically, of course, witness this in the cannabis space, you know, you start to have companies that just slap their name, you know, um, on the psychedelic space and say, hey, we're a psychedelic company too, you know, um, perhaps not necessarily rooted in the right, you know, the right causes and the right reasons. And one of the things that I, that has really drawn me to, you know, your show is, you know, being able to break down information, break down the facts, um, weighing speculation out versus, you know, what is actually got fact and, you know, what, what it's based in reality. I love that. Uh, so with that, you know, I mean, what are you seeing right now from a speculation standpoint? I mean, in the industry, where do you see the industry right now um, in terms of sort of that, that excitement that it's starting to build throughout the mainstream society right now? Honestly, I'm a little bit shocked at how mainstream and how quickly this is going mainstream. When we first started talking about this idea a little over a year ago, we were really under the impression that this was going to stay completely under the radar for another few years. Um, we didn't expect to see within a year, like CNN doing a documentary on it or um, see other large, I'm blanking on who it, New York Times do a front page HBO article on the Max MDMA done a special on it. trial uh, and so many more and see like mainstream uh, YouTubers. Like, I don't know if you know who Meet Kevin is, but he's one of the most mainstream YouTubers talking about stocks and personal finance. And he's recently started talking about MindMed also. Uh, occasionally, not always. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say here is I'm very surprised at which the speed 
that this really uh, caught the public's attention. And then that, of course, creates the situation that you were alluding to or talking about earlier, that now because it's becoming a quote-unquote fad, uh, more and more people are talking about it, more companies are trying to capitalize on this kind of um, this kind of these talking points about using psychedelics to make the world a better place. But then when you look at what they actually have to offer, it's like, hey, I've got $600,000 in the bank, no employees and no foreseeable clinical trials happening at all. So it's creates a situation like pros and cons. The pros is obviously the more uh, public attention on the on the sector, the better. But then also the more people that are just trying to make a quick buck off of the entire thing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm curious. Uh, you know, with so much going on here in the space right now, I mean, are there any companies that have caught your attention specifically, and why? So my favorite company in uh, the field by far, even withstanding some recent uh, leadership changes and speculation about what the heck that's all about is Mind Medicine. And the reason for that is fairly simple, fairly straightforward. It's because when you look at the actual scientific work that's being done, the clinical trials that are being completed, the amount of uh, both phase one and phase two clinical trials, nobody really comes to the same uh, scope that Mind Medicine, Mind Med, currently does. Like I think they have 17 plus uh, clinical trials that are either in motion or completed. And that includes phase one as well as phase two. And they've got four projects which are either in phase two right now or uh, are about to imminently enter phase two trials. And that's really a huge milestone for uh, uh, companies that are working in the, not biology, what's it called? Neurobiology, the mm -hmm. uh, pharmaceuticals industry. I'm blanking on the word at the moment. But when you look at most other companies in the field, not all of them, but, uh, at best, you'll see like we're planning on starting a phase 2A trial sometime in the next year, or maybe two phase 2A trials may sometime in the next year. But then it always is sometime in the next year as like six months pass, another six months pass. It's still, we're planning on starting a phase 2A trial sometime in the next year. Um, so very few companies really match the scale of MindMed when it comes to clinical trials. And I'm actually going to back up a second and kind of explain the two things that I look at when evaluating a psychedelic medicines company. So the first one is how many clinical trials are you running and how far advanced are they? Because that tells you how much actual science is being done. And at the end of the uh, at the end of the day, this arms race is going to be won by the scientists, whoever is creating the best compounds, the most effective compounds, the uh, cheapest or most affordable compounds. So that's the first thing I look at is the number and advancement of the clinical trials. And then the, th the second thing I look at is how much cash on hand the company has, because clinical trials are extremely expensive. To bring them through uh, preclinical to FDA approval past phase three, it can take upwards of $100 million. So if you have a couple million dollars in the bank, you can say all the like most fantastic, nicest things you want in the world on your website about how you're going to revolutionize psychedelic or mental health care, rather. But if you don't have the money to, you know, put... Uh, back up your words, then you're not really going to be going anywhere. And that gets you into the kind of catch 22 scenario where you can't um, 
fund, you can't have these clinical trials without money, but then a lot of people aren't going to give you money unless you have these clinical trials. Right. But looking at it through that lens of how far advanced you are in the science and how much money you have, uh, my favorites, like I said, are MindMed, but then also with Thai Life Sciences, they have uh, almost the same number of clinical trials running as MindMed does, although they're a little bit behind on the timeline. Uh, not by much, though, just like maybe half a year. Uh, and they've got even more money, like they've got like $400 million in the bank or something. So enough to sustain them for a long time. Uh, and then, of course, there's Compass Pathways. They only have the one trial, but it's the furthest advanced. And they also have oodles of money. Uh, so I'd put those three as kind of, at the moment, the the top three. Everybody else is uh, below them. But in right beneath these three, there's like a second tier grouping of companies that are threatening to break into that top three, which would be like Numinous, Cybin, uh, Field Trip, maybe Red Light Holland. I'm more uh, bearish on them than a lot of people are, but they're probably the second favorite company of my followers, to be completely truthful. Uh, so I'll put them into that second tier also of companies that don't quite have the same amount of money resources as the big boys do. And they do have some phase two trials that are either underway or about to be underway if everything goes well, or in Numinous's case, they're not phase two trials, they're compassionate access trials, but uh, they're, they're nipping on the heels of the big boys, essentially. So for me, what I like uh, is actually be investing in an ETF. There isn't actually an ETF uh, that exists that really meets the, the, uh, requirements that I want. Like I want an actively managed ETF by experts in the psychedelics field, uh, which doesn't exist, but there is a passively active one horizons, which is actually of in the psychedelic medicines field. That's my second largest investment is in the ETF because frankly, we're just too early to really be able to pick winners, uh, accurately, especially once you get past that top three of MindMed, uh, Atai and Compass Pathways. It's really hard to project five years into the future of who will be successful. So I like ETF investing because it allows you to benchmark all these kind of secondary players and third tier players, maybe a third of which will end up being successful. And hopefully the successes of the few will more than make up for the failures of the many. Sorry, I'm getting kind of long-winded answer here. I'll give you back the floor here. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and it's all great, you know, great perspective and great information. There's no question about it. And I mean, I think I should also, you know, if I, at least for our audience and our, our listeners out there, you know, just remind people that, you know, I mean, our job here at Psychedelic Spotlight, you know, we're not telling people who to invest in, who not to invest in. Our job is to present the facts. I think mm -hmm. that's exactly, you know, what you've done. I mean, there's no question about the fact that I think when you really really look at it, companies like MindMed, Compass, and Atai, you know, really have moved to the front of the pack. Um, there's different reasons why that is. Some of them have been involved in the space a little longer than others. Some have been able to raise the money, um, you know, a little bit more effectively so far, but it doesn't diminish what some of these companies behind them, you know, are, are doing. There's, there's a lot going on in the space. And you mentioned, James, you know, how early we are in the psychedelic space right now. And I mean, that's something that I try to reiterate to people who come to me and say, hey, you know, what's going on here? You know, I mean, these stocks look so, you know, there's not anything really impressive, you know, in terms of where these stocks are right now. And what I try to remind people is we're still, we're still three, four five years away from potentially really seeing the peak of this industry and really having a takeoff 
it's in it's in its infancy. I mean, would you agree that we're we're still that if if this talked about you know going out and playing baseball, you know, if this was a baseball game, would you agree that we haven't even taken the field for pregame warmups yet? I think maybe we'd be a little bit farther than that. I think okay. maybe we're in like the second inning uh, with all these different companies bringing their medicines to phase two trials, but. Uh, definitely. And something I used to say on like basically every episode, I still say it in like maybe one in three episodes is if you're invested in this space, you have to have a long-term horizon. Yep. You can't be expecting to, uh, make all your money in a couple months, or even that the market is going to react to good news that will affect the company five years down the road. There's no guarantee that the market is going to react today about that news. And we're operating in a very volatile um, a very volatile industry where the the price action might not necessarily in the short term match the uh, the significance of news that comes out. So sometimes like there'll be a big piece of news like uh, uh, I think it was Numinous had a they bought a um, a neurology center in Toronto. And I was looking at that and I was thinking this could be a big deal. Like if they can expand on this and actually like this neurology center is working on things like epilepsy. So if Numinous can get into the epilepsy game and essentially be the only psychedelics company that's really trying to conquer that, it could be a big deal. And then I'll get on the comments section. Well, actually Numinous dropped 5% today. So how could it be like a big deal? But you need to have that long-term horizon. Yeah. These are companies that are going to, if they're successful, uh, help change the world in five, 10 years. But what happens today in your day-to-day -day stock movements really doesn't affect the long-term potential of these companies. You need to be able to look at your psychedelic medicines portfolio and be okay with a 10% drop because you're holding for 10 years. And if it drops 10% today, but in 10 years, it's, a hundred percent higher or multiple X's higher then it doesn't matter that it dropped 10% today. Yeah. No, there's no question about it. I mean, I love that you bring up that, that long-term aspect um, of it because I think it's so important for people to understand that, you know, I mean, from my own, this is my own opinion on this, but I feel like, you know, with, with cannabis having grown so quickly and reaching its peak that it reached, you know, here in the last couple of years, I think the investor community wanted so badly to sort of, you know, anoint, if you will, the psychedelic space as the next big thing. And I think in that process, it's sort of been rushed, but you can't rush what's actually happening here. You know, you can't rush these clinical trials. They're going to go through the process. They're going to take as long as they need to take to, you know, go through them effectively and go through the right channels. But what I try to tell people is they're happening. The wheels are in motion here. And I don't think they're stopping. I don't think we're hitting the brakes on this anytime soon. We can only go as fast as clinical trials and things like of that nature will allow us to go, but we're moving and we're going in the right direction. I mean, would you agree with that? 100%. And actually, I think a really core piece of information that a lot of people uh, kind of gloss over and don't really understand how important it is. And this contrasts with, say, the cannabis industry of a few years ago, is that it appears like the FDA and then up here in Canada, Health Canada, appear to be completely on board with this uh, psychedelic mental health care movement. Like they're approving these clinical trials. They're giving breakthrough status. They are allowing some of these drugs to become orphan drugs. And they, they aren't standing in the way or be having a combative pose against using these 
as medicines, not to say anything about legalizing these substances for recreational use. Uh, whether you're for that or against it, it's probably not going to happen anytime soon uh, uh, in much of the world. But in terms of using them as medicines, the institutions of the of of the pharmaceutical in industry seem to be 100% on board with a, a very minimum testing these out. But it looks like it's going further than that with the breakthrough status given to psilocybin. And I know they're actively looking at uh, giving it to MDMA uh, once maybe a couple more trials come out. So that can't be understated is the fact that we have the power of the government and regulatory institutions on the side of the psychedelic medicines. Whereas when it comes to cannabis, the FDA was not on the side of using cannabis as a medicine. They were actively hostile against it. So that's a huge, huge important point when it comes to psychedelic medicines that can't be, uh, that can't be overlooked is the fact that we have these institutions that are very supportive of this movement in mental health care. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I, last question here, and I want to preface it, you know, by, by first saying, you know, I mean, the information that we're sharing here, you know, on this podcast is for informational purposes only. Um, if anybody out there is interested in investing in the psychedelic space, really any uh, space or industry, uh, they they should, you know, consult with a registered broker deal, dealer beforehand. Um, neither of us are, at least I'm not. I'm not going to speak for you, James, but I'm not a registered broker dealer. Me neither. Um, but, not financial yeah, advice. But, uh, we're happy to, again, you know, present, you know, information, present facts here. And so with that, you know, I'm curious if someone is out there, you know, looking to get started in terms of making an investment into the psychedelic space, where would you recommend? And again, this is a recommendation only. Where would you recommend a good starting point for them? Two places. Psychedelic Spotlight and the Psychedelic Investor. Uh, definitely great sources of information. But beyond that, uh, and jokes aside... There really has been a great community that has popped up around this industry. There are other uh, news outlets that are dedicating themselves to uh, covering this, such as Psilocybin Alpha. I've never interacted with the people that work there, but they do produce great content, especially their clinical trial tracker. It's a great uh, tool to just kind of ground yourself to have that representation of how far along each company is. Um, then also, there are other YouTubers that have propped up that do good work. Like there's this guy called Brom on YouTube that interviews a lot of the CEOs. So he does great work. Um, and then if you're willing to get into the nitty gritty, you can actually look at a lot of the clinical trials. You can go to clinicaltrial.gov, uh, I think it's called. I hope I'm getting that right. And actually look at these uh, clinical trials, how they're set up, how many people are in them. And that's kind of going to the, the horse of the mouth, really going to the source of the information to figure out what's going on. So uh, yeah, Psychedelic Spotlight, Psychedelic Investor, uh, other news outlets like Psilocybin Alpha, uh, and the scientific literature itself. Awesome. Well, James, this has been great. A great uh, introduction um, into the Psychedelic Investor and everything that you're doing. Uh, I know the, the new website, if you want to confirm with me, has the new website for you guys, has that launched? Yes, it's still in its like beta phase one. So it's thepsychedelicinvestor.com, easy enough to remember. Uh, over the coming months, we plan to, uh, right now it's just news, but over the coming months, we plan to add quite a few really cool features. So one of the first things we want to add is uh, company uh, breakdowns. So you can click on the company and see everything that they're doing. So all the different clinical trials they're doing, all the different programs that they have, 
Uh, we also are working on our own clinical trial tracker. We're working on quite a few other cool little things that will be coming up over the next couple months. But right now it is news. So if you're just looking for what happened today, thepsychedelicinvestor.com. Awesome. Well, we'll get that website linked here uh, with this podcast. And we look forward to continuing to collaborate here with you. You know, Me again, uh, I think the perspective and how well, you know, plugged in you are to the space is uh, it, it's so unique. And I think it's so important at this time. And I find it refreshing. So I look forward to continuing to work with you. But James, this has been great. And uh, again, I look forward to having you on, on the podcast again sometime soon. For real. Thank you so much for having me, David. You guys do fantastic fantastic work. I'm losing my ability to talk. I guess this might be and it's time to finish it up. Wrap it up. But you guys do fantastic work and I'm so happy to collaborate with you. Alrighty. Thank you. Global Track Solutions Inc. and Psychedelic Spotlight does not in any way encourage or condone the use, purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances, nor do we encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activities. We support a harm reduction approach for the purpose of education and promoting individual and public safety. If you are choosing to use psychedelic substances, please do so responsibly. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the Psychedelic Spotlight podcast are those of their own and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Psychedelic Spotlight and Global Track Solutions, Inc.